up, folks? Welcome back. This is the Live Life Wrestling Show. Gary Hogan, that's me. Got Mike Maul on the other side, and got a, a really cool guest that came back, man, for this one. It's been a minute. Yeah, man, it's been good. You know, we took. I mean, the listeners aren't going to know because we have we have so many episodes in the bank. But we took last month off, and after playing blackjack three times a week for a month and losing, I'm sitting there at the table going, "We need to get this show going again." I'm doing about as well as as Harley does at an NBA dunking contest. <laughs> hey, hey, man! I got a, I got a halfway decent dunk as long as there's a trampoline involved. <laughs> yeah. well, welcome back, man! It's good to talk to you again. Uh, always, always a pleasure to talk to you, my brother. Hey, I'm curious. Lamb of God, Burn. They they call themselves Burn the Priest, right? They did this record of covers, and, and they cover "We Got to Know" on it. I'm curious if. Do you get compensated when bands record <laughs> Chromax tracks? Uh, to be honest, I didn't even know that they had done that until pretty recently. Um, for the most part, I don't, and I, I'm supposed to, but there has been so much... Uh, there's, there's so much backstory and confusion with who has the rights to those records and this and that. And, right. um, you know, I mean, I am the co-writer of all the music as well as the lyrics, but... You know, we're talking about stuff that, you know, happened in the 80s and it was on profile records and profile records folded and yeah. sold their catalog. And like the catalogs have been moved around so many times that it's it's all really muddy. It's it's hard to, you know, I've had so many lawyers try to untangle all this Cro-Mags mess over the years. And, you know, at this point. You know, I'm just happy that people still like the songs enough that 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 they still record them and people still enjoy them. But uh, you know, I'm I'm not really gonna lose any sleep over you know spilt milk and and little bits of chump change here and there. You know, I mean, I'm just flattered and 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 honored by the fact that they covered it. You know, yeah. they're a good band and they're nice guys and and they're way bigger than we were. So you know, the fact that they're like going back in time and picking us to cover you know that's that's uh pretty damn cool yeah and they sounded good it's not i'm not yeah, every, I, not every cover yet, on there. I heard it was good that sounds good it sounds good a lot of the covers have sounded pretty good machine head covered hard times that sounded pretty cool i mean there's been yeah, a couple there's a couple, couple, couple tour, tour, dude, yeah. you gotta know and yeah, uh, sounds good. yeah you know it's nice when uh you know bands from uh you know, the metal world or whatever, you know, reach into our catalog and, and do stuff. I mean, you know, it's it's flattering, you know. I mean, hell, I didn't know people were even going to, you know, be liking our music when we wrote it. So the fact that people are re-recording this stuff like 30 years after the fact is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. And you've been busy with a lot of cool stuff. I mean, you opened up for the Misfits recently. How did that yeah, show go? Yeah, man, that was uh, really something, you know. Uh, I'll tell you, um, that was a, an amazing show to be a part of. I mean, every band on the bill really brought their A game. And, you know, Murphy's Law was great. Um, you know, Jimmy managed to take his whole, you know, I mean, for those of you who aren't very familiar with Murphy's Law, it's it's a real, it's a, it's a fun party band. You know, a lot right. of humor. He tells a lot of jokes and he really gets, he really works the crowd and, and to see Jimmy take what he normally does in like a club environment and do it in front of like more than 14,000 people and have it work and have it be hysterical and fun and good 
it was I was really impressed. And uh suicidal tendencies, they they tore shit up. I mean, they were great and of course the misfits were, you know I mean, they were the misfits, you know. It was it was it was great, you know. I mean they're you know, they've always been a little bit sloppy live, but the the songs are so classic and, and it's it was just you know Man, I, I had a I had the time of my life. I was really proud that uh that Glenn asked me to be a part of that show and and I got to say I think that my guys really did well too, you know. We we put it all out there and um it was a lot of fun, man, you know. Yeah. I'm a cool. historic gig for sure. Was, I mean, it was the biggest hardcore punk show to ever happen on the East Coast. I mean, you know, over 14,000 people, you know, that's that's pretty big for this genre, you know. That's cool that they picked you guys and Murphy's Law and Suicidal Tendencies as opening up acts. Yeah, I, I think Glenn's uh, idea behind it was is he wanted to, uh, you know, bring as many of like the old school people into this that he could and, and people that he knew from back in the day. So, you know, as much shit as people want to talk about Glenn, I, I think that, you know, that was really cool. And I, I, I'll tell you, he has integrity, man, you know, no matter what people want to say about him. The guy is really cool, and um, I mean, a lot of people don't know. I didn't know at the time, but uh, his mom passed away the day before the show. Oh wow! And um, you know, he didn't even let on. You know, I didn't find out until later. I mean, he was really broken up about it. You know, it, it really hit him hard, as I'm sure everybody can imagine. You know, it's it, yeah. it, it, it you know, and uh, he went out there like a professional, and he kicked the shit out of that place and put on a great show and, um, and dealt with his emotions on his own time. And it was really stoic, man. You know, I, I don't think I could have kept it together like that, but, uh, he, he's a badass man. You know, the guy's a, a pro. Yeah. When you lose your mom, I'm, I, I still, it's still hard for me. My mother passed away three years ago. And even to this day, I think yeah, about man. it and I go, yeah, I'm not going to see her anymore. She, I can't call her up anymore. It's, so yeah, that's a tough one. You know, I, a really hard it's one. A tough one. You know, I mean, losing losing anybody that you love is is hard, but like losing a, a parent, yeah, you know. Um, you know, I think about my mom all the time as well. You know, it's a it's a tough pill to swallow. These are the people that brought us into the world, but but you know, hopefully we can take a lesson from that as well. You know, I mean, uh, I mean, some of you out there may have read my book. I mean, me and my mother had uh, a, a pretty nutty relationship it was pretty crazy there was a lot of years we didn't even speak to each other you know but um i'm happy that you know towards the end of her life we uh we got closer than we probably had ever been you know i just wish we would have had more time to uh reconnect but you know there's a lesson in that you know don't take anything for granted and uh and hold the people you you care about close to you and and be able to forgive them for for whatever type of stupid things we all do stupid shit we all make mistakes we all piss each other off but you know that that all that shit really isn't very important at the end of the day it's really just the love that matters you know yeah i think it's hard for people to realize that when they're going through it i mean i agree with what you're saying but some people just have a real hard time with any kind of forgiveness either they want to hold that over someone's head are they, you're, you're really just poisoning. I mean, I have, I have a different take. I mean, one, there's people that have screwed me over. I don't really feel the need to forgive them, but I don't wish 
ill intentions for them either. I don't necessarily want to yeah. do, have anything to do with them, but I'm not hoping that terrible things happen to them. I'm basically disconnected. I'm unemotional about it. Yeah, this is hey, you know what? Hold I have, on I have that, this, uh, this take on it. Like, you know, for instance, I mean, my, my old band is a perfect example, right? You know, I, there's no way I can forgive those guys for everything. You know, I mean, John, you know, he did a lot of fucked up shit. He got me jumped, got me locked up, this and that. Paris had me arrested. I mean, so on and so forth. These are things that are kind of hard to forgive. But you know what? At the end of the day, I don't feel like, you know, you have to forgive everybody for everything in in order to move forward and, and be like, okay, you know, this happened, that happened, you know, that sucks. But okay, this is where we are now. You know, now what do we do from here? You know, we, you know, you try to learn from, you know, from the mistakes you made, you, you maybe never trust someone the same way again, but that doesn't mean you have to like hold a grudge. You don't have to forgive for everything, but there's still room for, you know, progress. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, that's why I always say, you know, I, I as much as all those dudes pissed me off, I, you know, I, I could get on stage with them because, or, or do a show or whatever, because it, you don't have to forgive everybody for everything in order to to move forward and and to be able to get along to some degree. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's no who there's the hell are we? No you know, I'm not God. I don't have to forgive everybody. That's not my job. You know. Yeah. Right. It's the it's the forgetting part. If people need to leave off that whole phrase, like, yeah, I can forgive, but I'm not going to forget because that's how you get screwed. Yeah, again. straight up. You know, I mean, again, you learn from shit. You know, it's like, okay, I, I can work with you, but I'm not going to like leave you, uh, you with the keys to my <laughs> safe, you know, <laughs> right. you know, I, you know, but, um, yeah, you know, you don't forget you, you, you move forward. I think it's really, we, we, we all could learn something from that, you know? Exactly. Man. Sometimes you, you know, know, a lot of times, go, go ahead. Sincere, no, go ahead. No, I'm saying a lot of times folks hold on to that stuff, man, because that's their only way of feeling like they have some type of control of their life. It's like, you know, okay. I lost that yeah. situation happened and I couldn't I couldn't make that person not do that to me. But if I hold on to this, it's the one thing I can't control. I can be pissed off at you forever and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, no, that, that's so true, man. That's that's really, you know, that's like the little bit of control they have is that they can be pissed. You're absolutely right. right. You know, and yeah, man, <laughs> well put, dude. You know, and, and it's an illusion. But, um, and it's but an illusion. I think it really just comes down to the individual's own insecurity because if you're, right, you know, right. if you're comfortable with who you are and confident in what you're doing, then you're able to let that shit go. You know, because you right. you already have your own trajectory. You know, you're already, you know, moving towards your goals. You know, and so all that shit is just dead weight. That just, you know, just poison, really. You know. Yeah. Some people, I think, just like the power of it. Like, I'm not going to forgive that person, and they know it, so I'm just going to hold you on know, to it because, you know, because they want me the to. Funny thing but I'm is, not though, do... that's not even power, man. It's, it's like oh, you're, it's still, you're still giving that person that you're pissed off with the power because they control you emotionally. It's like you hate that yeah. person. I mean, that's giving a person a lot of fucking control, dude. It's like to, right. to have to hate them or be angry at them or whatever, but to have the real power, it's like, you know what? You did what you did. I don't trust you anymore. It's like, but... You know, I'm moving on, and you still you still harping on what happened before. So, who's really in control? Is like, look at me, I'm progressing, dude. I got my life. I, I'm living my life, and you're still talking about, hey, man, look, you know, you know what you did to me five years ago. You know, man, you know, <laughs> you, know, you still you know pissed off about that girl at the really club. Just, like, come on, 
<laughs> hatred is hatred is just you know the opposite of love you know in in a sense so so really it's not that different from each other there's still a uh, obsession and shit involved so it's right. like you know it's just how you use it yeah exactly yeah you know so if you, if you can't let go then you know then you got some work to do you know yeah i mean like me and my drummer you know uh g man you know we're like he's like one of my best friends but you know we had a fallout a few years back and you know i fucking went off on him i called him this that the other and everything else and he was like man you know i was really upset but then i was like you know he must really love me to say all that shit <laughs> you know <laughs> you know i mean i fucking went off on him and shit and, and you know what he's right you know i wouldn't have went off on him like that if i didn't feel hurt you know by what went down you know and that really just goes to show that at the end of the day it really came from from a place of love and, and you know anyway yeah you know we're, we're, we got shows coming up again in september and stuff you know i'm taking a quick break but uh yeah man so what the hell yeah, is up with touring, you man you've been you've been touring all over the world how is that because you haven't gone all over the world in a long time right probably not since maybe alpha omega or revenge sure. oh man i i hadn't traveled like this in close to 10 years man since pretty much since i had my second kid almost and uh it was really really cool man you know to, to see that uh you know the how much the the fans i, I hate saying fans because it, it implies that they're somehow you know beneath me looking up at me or some shit but <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, the, the, the appreciation that the people had for the music and for me being there, it, it was uh, it was a beautiful thing, man. You know, it's really it's it's hard to to describe. I mean, I really appreciate that, you know, because again, when I wrote these songs, I didn't have any uh, intention that they were gonna. I, I you know I didn't think I was gonna make any kind of mark outside of my, you know, outside of Manhattan, you know. <laughs> And uh, to be playing in all these different countries and, you know, people singing all the words and, you know, people showing up and bringing gifts and just, you know, bringing their, you know, I mean, this shit, you know, hardcore and punk rock has already been around for a while. So you got people bringing their kids and shit like that, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's a beautiful thing, man, to, to be appreciated, you know, and um, it makes it makes even all the bullshit worth it. And it also, you know, it makes me a little frustrated that the Cro-Mags can't get past themselves and, and, and do it for for the fans one more time. But you know what? You, you can't make people do, you can't force people to do the right thing. You can't force people to, to think the way you think or, or feel the way you feel. You just kind of, you know, you got to let it go, you know? Yeah, it's amazing that that music has such power, that stuff you wrote in the 80s still is still impacting people's lives now, people that grew up with it and people that weren't even around then that just got into it. Well, I think the message, you know, was uh, was strong. I mean, it was about survival, is you know, and, and a lot of, you know, a lot of it was about survival in in the face of poverty and despair and and, and so on. And, and, you know, these are things people are still dealing with. And, and, you know, now, you know, now with the orange man running shit, you know, it, it's almost more relevant now, you know, just like the whole state of not just this country, but, you know, the world is really uh, it's getting pretty crazy, you know. So the, the, I think the message then is is almost more relevant now, you know, the message that we were sending out there.
But, uh, you know. Yeah, I think the world has always been. The world has always been crazy. I think now we just know how crazy it is more than any other time yeah. because we're yeah. more visible inundated now. with the information. It's more accessible. Yeah. The craziness is accessible now. Agreed. Agreed. Like before it was like just con- it was contained in one area. Like okay, if stuff was going crazy in Africa. You may hear about one or two in- incidents or something going crazy. But you don't know. But you don't know. You, know, you, know you, the you saw Tiananmen Square yeah. in '89. You, you saw Tiananmen yeah. Square in '89. With the kid in front of the tank, but you didn't see all the other madness that was going on. But now exactly. you can see it all. Exactly. You know, you know now we're just more connected. You know, right. I mean, you know, I I always say to people, you know, like, pe- you know, people ask you, you know, would you when would you like to have been alive? What period of time? What era? What this and that? And I'm like, you know what? I'm content being alive today. And now, you know, we got so much, you know, think about it. Think about how hard life was even, you know, 50 years, 100 years ago. I mean, you know, things yeah. we were about are, are pretty small compared to, you know, the plague, you know, and marauders and, <laughs> right. and you know, invasions right. and, you know, Vikings and shit like that, you know, conquistadors yeah. and shit. You know, we, you know, life is pretty fucking easy for us, you know. Yeah. We got refrigerators and shit, you know, running water, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, of course, I'm Since talking about America. <laughs> you know, I mean, and people in this country really take shit for granted, you know, they don't understand, yeah. like, you got, you, you know, you got an AC, man. That's fucking luxury. You got oh, yeah. something to keep your food cold. You know, you got actual shit, man. Inmates have clean drinking water. I mean, there's a lot of countries Inmates you have can't Wi-Fi, even get. dude, okay? Inmates yeah. have Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? So it's like, we got it pretty fucking easy, you know? I think people bitch a lot about, you know, meaningless shit, but... I mean, how are these yeah. how are these inmates supposed to control their Twitter accounts without that Wi-Fi? Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's a violation of their civil rights if they don't have access to the internet. No, you know, <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, everybody should have you know basic comforts, you know, but um, you know, people forget how lucky they are now, you know. Everybody's yeah, there's still parts of well, there's still parts of the world where it is like the plague days. I mean, there's parts of Africa yeah. where you're living your life, you're a farmer, whatever it is, and a daily fear is that warlords are going to come through, yeah. kill everybody, take come the women. Come your ass up with a fucking machete and some shit, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, so, just invade a classroom and take every female student in there and make them slaves right then and then, put them yeah. on the market. You know? Yeah, you know, and, you know? So, I've you know, talked to people fucking... out there. No, you, sometimes you talk to people, and I've been to a couple of different African countries, and they will... They will convey these stories in such a casual manner. It's really frightening. They'll be like, yeah, this one girl, my dad worked a lot in Africa, and he talked to this one young lady, and she said that every time she goes back home to visit her parents, she was in school in the U.S., she goes back to, I forget which African country, but she said it's a, the, the big inconvenience for her is that at some point she's going to get raped on the way there. And she said it as if she were talking about a flat tire. Right. Yeah, it's just going to yeah. happen at yeah. some point. And that's scary. It's yeah, scary man. what we can adapt to. Yeah, everybody yeah, here is so scared that, that note, no, Trump can actually on that note, <laughs> you know. On that note, the world is still a really fucked up place. <laughs> but, uh, you know, again, man, we as Americans are pretty fucking spoiled, you know, so it's hard oh, no for doubt. us to realize that shit. And, and people get their, uh, you know, people over here are more concerned about, uh, you know, 
having a third category on the birth certificate than they are about shit like that, you know, and, and that's <laughs> right. and that's fucked up. <laughs> which you know? what what pronouns to use when you're talking to someone? Well, no, <laughs> no, yeah. like which ba- you know having access to you know picking the bathroom you want to choose. I'm like you know there are people like shitting in holes in the ground in other parts yeah, of the world. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't matter what your gender is, you know it doesn't stop a CC fly from going up your asshole when you're taking a dump. You know, <laughs> come on. Yeah, I was talking to this one cab driver. I had this African cab driver the other day, and he we were talking about all this type of shit. You know, just like the 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 basics of you know having a bathroom. He's like. Try taking the shit in the bush. You know, <laughs> you don't know if some fucking wild animal is going to fucking jump on you or some shit, you know? <laughs> you know? People, yeah, you know, us, us Americans, we got it easy, man. God bless America. Yeah. Thank God I was born here. <laughs> when uh, when, I went, you know, when I went to Uganda for a gorilla trek, right, these are tour guides or go, if, if anyone needs to take a crap, just let us know and one of us will dig a hole for you. you know? And yeah. I read this in I read this in the notes the night before. I'll go, you know what? I'm going to time everything perfectly. So that's the last thing I need to do when I'm out hey, there. You know? <laughs> if I need to skip breakfast, we're skipping breakfast. I'll just fast it out. You know? Wow. When were you there, man? This is 2002. Yeah, around cool. 2002. Because my parents lived in Africa for a while. My dad worked for the IMF. So he's, he's, Africa was his specialty. So they, they lived in Kenya for a while. They lived in Uganda for a while. That, that's something all of us should do. Like the three of us and our family should all go on a, like a trip to Africa, go to Masai Mara Park, see some wild animals in their natural habitat. Man, I, would love to do like that. I mean, the only place in Africa I've ever been was Morocco, and that was definitely mm-hmm. a different vibe altogether. You know, oh, yeah. I was in the I've north and shit. Yeah. But, um, my drummer has been to Africa a bunch of times. He actually toured over there with different bands and shit. And, um, you know, he, he had a lot of amazing stories to tell, you know. I mean, traveling is, is something everybody should try to do. You know, it really opens your eyes. You know, it makes you aware of, of things, you know. Makes you aware yeah, of how, I mean, how lucky traveling you out are your, and also your how much beautiful shit there is out there, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that means traveling out of your hemisphere. That doesn't mean like traveling from the Bronx over to Queens, man. You know, it's like something. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, that could be interesting too, but not oh, really. Oh, trust me, I know. I know. <laughs> That's why I brought that up because I had friends. It was like they never left Brooklyn. And they're like, man, I never go to the Bronx. Right. Like, dude, you're in the same, it's the same city. Like, nah, son. <laughs> like, yeah, it's crazy, man. <laughs> Well, shit, I've met people who've never lost. They've never left Las Vegas. Like you've never left Las Vegas. You didn't even drive to Bakersfield. <laughs> never thought about getting in the car, going to Los Angeles, see the beach. <laughs> like it's only a few hours. Like come on, man. <laughs> so, Arizona's right there. <laughs> Oh man! So it's like everyone should get a passport, man, and get a stamp on that thing. And don't go to if you're in America, don't go to Canada and Mexico and call that traveling. Like you still, <laughs> if you can still drive across the border, <laughs> if if it doesn't require at least a boat or an airplane just to get to the next place, that's you still haven't really had an experience of traveling just yet. You still uh, kind if of you want culture safe. shock. If you want culture shock, there's no greater culture shock than going to India. You know, that's where you're really going to be. I don't care who you are. You're going to be totally out of your element. Yeah, even, once you get it. Even Oprah was in, had culture shock getting off the plane. She was just like, you know, one minute you're seeing all these fancy houses and right next to it, you see like these slums, you know, and they're just like living right over them. She's like, oh, yeah. just amazed by it. 
Well, the yeah, second man. the plane yeah, lands so. in India, you know, the second the plane lands in India, and you get a little whiff of <laughs> of the country, you know you're not. You know you're in India. <laughs> and you, when you when you got to bribe this, when you got to bribe their equivalent of TSA to get in the country, <laughs> you, know, you know you're in India. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> like, well, I got my visa here. It's like, yes, but we need a little bit more. <laughs> wink. wink. <laughs> 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 oh man! What's interesting is, is is how much influence India has in the Chromex because you guys were <laughs> interacting with Hari Krishna. I mean, the Best Wishes album cover is a Hindu artwork on the front. Yeah, cover. well, you know, we we definitely delved into you know some Hindu philosophy there for a minute. You know, I, I myself didn't. Uh, I haven't stagnated there. I think that was just part of my uh, evolution, you know, exploring different belief systems and, 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 you know, stuff like that, just to try to figure out what I thought about everything, you know, but um, I'm, I'm definitely not a higher Krishna or anything like that. I I think it's, to be honest, I think most religions, if you really cling to them like that, I mean, I think it's pretty, pretty silly. You know, I mean, it's yeah. like it's one thing if, you know, uh, it's one thing to be a spiritual person. It's one thing to believe in, in, in God. But, you know, you start religions, I think, are tricky. I think I think it's uh, a lot of ridiculousness. You know, I mean, my old singer, you know, it's like I hear him talking all this higher Krishna stuff. And I'm like, all right, when you were 18, I could understand you, you know spewing all this stuff but now you're a grown-ass man and really dude like for real you know you're still talking about a little blue cowherd boy like you know this is god <laughs> and this and that i'm like for real dude like you know i'm i'm well, not I mean, a religious really, person really, man i, I really think think it, about, it, no if you really think about what? things critically if you really think about anything critically you're going to find a lot of holes and flaws and then you're yeah. going to have to move forward. I mean, I, I studied, I, my mother was a Hindu, so I grew up with that. And then I have a degree in religious studies and I studied every major religion. And there were always different things I liked about each one, but there were always a lot of holes, which is why I could never buy into anything wholeheartedly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's one thing if, if things are like, if you understand that these, these different stories are, are very metaphoric and stuff like that. And, and there's like lessons to learn from them. But when you really start taking this stuff like super, super, super serious, that's, you know, boy, that's, that's <laughs> where a lot of the problems a, arise. Yeah. yeah. You start, so you're what? waiting on a seven headed dragon, you know, to reveal seals and you're waiting on a yeah, pale white horse. I mean, you know, I, I'm like, okay, I'm in Texas, dude. I see pale white horses all the time. Okay. So the, <laughs> and it's hot as hell in, in Houston right now. So uh, it's, it's revelations here every summer, dude. So <laughs> we're living in <laughs> So if that's the case, it's about as literal as it can get. But other than that, come on, man. It's just like these are guides to kind of like get your life. Even, even some of the messed up stories that you read, it's like, oh, that was fucked up. <laughs> I don't ever want to go out like that. So that, that was the whole point of the story. Good. Now move on, because all of this really comes down to individual responsibility. And I think that's the reason why so many people cling, you know, to all various forms of religion, because you're like, hey, I can always defer to whatever person yeah. or God yeah, yeah. or else. And right. So blame it on them. It's like, hey, he'll take care of it or she'll take care of it or it'll take care of it. And, and you know, I'm all is forgiven. So I can just keep on fucking up. <laughs> yeah, you know what, dude? I, I, I said something the other day, and it's pretty much the same thing. It's like you can believe in whatever religion you want. You could believe in whatever God, 
you could believe in voodoo, witchcraft, whatever, whatever, astrology. But you know what? Until you until you start to believe in yourself, you're not really taking responsibility for your actions or for the world around you because you're just pawning it off on something else that, that you really have no control over. So it's like until you until you get to that place, it, it's just a lot of lip service, you know. Right. No doubt. Like, looking at, you know, your beliefs are one thing, but your actions, that's where it really counts, man. Because yeah, man. We're here. Yeah. You know, there's and, no, we're not, again, we don't know if there's an afterlife. You've been told there was one, but you don't really know if there's one. All you have right. is right now. So what are you doing right now to be a good person? And even to honor those gods that you, that you pray yeah. to, because if you're not doing all this stuff, then you're being disrespectful to them. You know, if you even believe in all that. So my thing I, is, yeah, like, yeah, look, but, man, but all, like more so, I, mean, I mean, even more so just like, you know, if you don't believe in your ability, to make shit happen, you know, if you don't believe yeah. that, it's kind of like, you know, I got friends who are in the military and, you know, they, they're like, you know, when the body gets tired, you, you know, your mind pushes you to keep going, you know, right. it's like you have to, you have to have a certain level of belief in your own ability to overcome and your own ability to evolve and, and to uh, handle situations until you, until you believe that you can do it. You know, you're, you're really, uh, you're not taking responsibility for shit. You know, right. it, it, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to pray for the results. How about bust your ass for the results? You know, well, I mean, pray, I but you, praying you know, without action is just like you're just talking to yourself. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like it's, they got a word for that. It's called and, and don't follow dreams. You know, hunt goals. You know, right. following a dream, you're just following a dream. No, fuck that. Hunt <laughs> your goals. You know, you set your goals and you hunt those motherfuckers down. Right. You know? right. Yeah, I remember when I first moved out to Los Angeles and one of my neighbors invited me to an intender meeting. And I was like, oh, what the hell is that? So I was like, I got to hear what this is. And I show up and it's just a bunch of people in a circle and everyone's talking about what they want. And they're like, oh, I intend this for you. Did you say it was a Tinder meeting? <laughs> no. uh, that would have been better. Said it, I was like, wait a minute, you, they have an app for that. Why'd you have to go meet with them? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is pre-app. This is 2002. But yeah, Nintendo a Nintendo meeting would have been more fun. Probably would have been more yeah. useful. To yeah, it would have made more sense. What what I don't like is the whole discussion of karma, right? I remember one time I talked about kids suffering. I go, oh, it's horrible that these kids are suffering in Africa and India and so forth. And here's some things we can all do to help out. And then some lady gets on there and she goes, it's called karma. That's why they're suffering. And I was, and I was like, what yeah, the hell do you have to do? This is an easy statement to throw well, out well, there. You know? Exactly. It's, it's trying to take something complex and make it overly simplified so you don't have to do anything about it. It's like, well, you did something in your past life, and that's why you're suffering right now. It's like, oh yeah, that's great. Let's just not do anything to help anyone. Right. Yeah. No, that, that's uh, that's a bunch of bullshit, and you know, I mean, I I heard uh, my old buddy John one time say some shit about you know, uh, he was having this vegetarian uh, argument, and you know, this and that. And somebody said something along the lines of, "What about Eskimos? I mean, they can't. You know, you live in the North Pole, the South Pole. You're gonna eat. You know." seal you know you're not gonna you know there, there's no tofu and you ain't growing no fucking vegetables out of the snow right and he's like right. well that's their karma for being you know blah, 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 to be born in that type of i'm like hold on a second that that shit don't hold water <laughs> you know like that, that's i mean that's their karma that they, they, you know come on man get the fuck out of here you know 
look, the world is, you know, it, that's another thing. It's like, I'm a vegetarian. I don't, I don't fucking preach my, my, my eating habits to everybody. You know, that's, that's a personal choice. You know I mean? I, I think it's, it's good to try to, you know, live as nonviolently as you can. I believe, you know, a vegetarian lifestyle is more healthy and this and that, but you know, I'm, I, you can't judge people for doing what, what's culturally uh, normal for them. That's that's what they know, you know. Right. I mean, that's that does. I, hell, my 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 great aunt was, you know, she ate meat, but she was like such a religious, pious person. I mean, she, you know, she did work with Mother Teresa during World War Two. She was like a devout uh, Catholic. She, you know, was in church every day. Was always doing charitable work, this and that. Somebody, what you gonna try to tell me she was evil because she was Polish and ate sausage? You know, like that was that's her culture. She eats, she eats meat. That's what she grew up doing. You know, it doesn't make her a, a, a bad person. Sure as hell, don't mean she's going going to go to hell or some shit like that. I mean, you know, it's, whatever. I think again, you know, people well, get I mean, stuck even, in meat. Even just the way people, even the way people choose to eat, has become a religion. You know, the, the yeah, way they work out become their religion. Because if you're not doing it that way, then you're going to, if you're not working, you're not using kettlebells, you're going to fat hell. You know, if you're not, if you're not, if you're not a vegan and you, you know, especially if you don't know any better, you know, or you don't have access, you know, then you're going to go to starvation hell or whatever else. It's like, look, man, you know, to my, to you, to my, when you know better, you do better. Okay. And that, that's all you can yeah. hope for, for people. But it's on them. And, it's, you know, as much, all you can do is live the, the stuff that you talk about, the best thing you can do is live that out and hope that people are observing it and like, hey, man, I want to learn a little bit more about that. But preaching to people, coming at people, Straight man, up, all up. sideways and Example. not knowing the story, that doesn't work, man. That, that never works. Because we're all, we all inside, we're all inner children. And when you start trying to tell us what to do, we're going to get rebellious and we're going to act out <laughs> for the most part. Yeah, no, that's the truth, man. You know, you, you got you to gotta preach by example, not by talking shit, you know? Right. Yeah, and then no one likes being preached to, and no one likes when someone is always overly enthusiastic about trying to get you to do something. It's like, come on, man, why don't you play basketball? <laughs> it's like, come on, tennis is awesome. You should start playing tennis. It's like, yeah, it's great. Man, man. What? Glad you found something you, you don't play know. basketball? <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> but people are often annoying when they're really enthusiastic about something. That's just the, that's just the nature of the game. Especially when they're brand they're new so enthusiastic. It. That's the thing about yeah. it, when they, they just started getting into it. And now they're really excited about it. Like, okay, dude, you've been doing this for all of two minutes. Calm down. Pump your brakes. Okay. Yeah, and let's just see how long uh, you stick I, with it first. I, I listened to some of the interviews I did when I was like in my, you know, in my teens and stuff. And then, and the stuff that I was so committed to, uh, right. you know, that I, that I really thought I believed in is pretty fucking laughable to me now. You know, it's like, and the sad shit is that, like, I was, you know, I was out there turning all kinds of people on to all this dumb shit. And now I'm looking <laughs> back and I'm like laughing at myself. I'm laughing at them. I'm like, damn, I was a dumbass and you motherfuckers were even stupider for fucking following me, you know? <laughs> so, you know. That, remind, that reminds me of Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins was talking about, he used to really push this. It was essentially a fruitarian diet, right? That's what he was pushing in seminars. And then years later, he goes, hey, look, I didn't know what I was doing then. I was an idiot. But now now I do know what I'm doing. You got to follow this diet. It's like, well, how do we know you know what you're doing now? (laughs) How do we know 10 years from now you're not going to say, oh, man, you know, 
you thought you knew what you were doing then. So, I, so how do we know that you, you know what you're doing now? It's, it's, we're, we're constantly evolving. I think about that sometimes too. I go, some of the advice I gave, I, it was never really bad advice. It's just that I'm, I know a lot more now. So you obviously, yeah, exactly. you, you're going to look back on advice you gave and be like, man, that wasn't great advice. It, it wasn't, wasn't even that it wasn't great advice. It was fine for the time. You just know a lot more of the nuances now, so you can give more sophisticated advice. As a matter of fact, if you're intelligent enough, it's like as you get older, you realize I'm not giving any damn advice. It's like, you know what? Do what you want, <laughs> you know, and that's the only way you're going to learn. <laughs> that's kind of where <laughs> I can look back at any advice and think it's laughable. I'm like, who the fuck was I to tell somebody what to do? It's like, you know what? I don't care about that. This is your this is your thing. You should have been focusing on that. Don't ask me what, you know, what I think. That's your life. And that's when you know it's like, okay, now I'm evolving. <laughs> when you just really stop giving a damn. You're just like, come on, bro. I don't, I don't. Hey, that's that's on you. That's what you want to do. Why are you asking me? I don't do it. Why not? I don't know. I didn't even think about it. Until you just brought it up. <laughs> also, you can you learn a lot more from from you know the examples that other people set, and also from the mistakes you make yourself. You know, it's like it's pretty right. easy exactly. to see you know the results of you know somebody uh, you know whatever whatever it is whatever stupidity you know uh, you know fighting all the time and then they get shot. You know, okay, well that was going to happen. You know. Uh, doing drugs, and then you develop a drug habit. Well, that was going to happen. So you can learn from other people's mistakes. I mean, you know, right. and hopefully learn from your own. You know, but uh, but that's really, you know, we're we're, we're all this is all just uh, experimental, man. You know, we're 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 all fumbling through this madness and figuring it out along the way. You know, exactly. <laughs> no, that's yeah, that's that's very true. I was just thinking of one of your one of your old interviews. That's a funny one. I think I sent it to you a while back. You had that Freddy Krueger glove on. <laughs> this really shows the time. It was an MTV interview. Yeah. You, you described you described moshing as rugby without a ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is pretty accurate, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty accurate. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> it's just, it's it's interesting that. Sometimes I mean, every once in a while I go to one of these hardcore shows, right? Someone comes through town, stick up at all Murphy's Law. They're playing here tomorrow night. And when you go there, you feel like you've gone in a time warp because the people that are there are young. So they couldn't possibly have been there when these bands were just coming up, Chrome X, stick up at all, et cetera. But they look a lot like the people that used to go to those early shows. So it's, it's, it's interesting how these things just stay out there and keep, keep getting passed down. Well, it's easy. Well, I mean, you know, they can go online and look up stuff, and you know these kids can look like, oh, they were wearing that, they were doing this, and they just, you know, they'll sit there and just it's, copy it's, the trend, go out to a thrift store, or whatever else, and recreate all that. And that's right. the, the kind of generation that we have these last couple of generations. You know, it's just since there's really nothing new coming out there and anything just really trending, it's been a lot of just going back retro. Like you know, now all this sudden interest in vinyl. Everybody wants to collect vinyl now. I'm just like, right. okay, right. but this is what sucks about the vinyl you're buying. You're buying a whole lot of reissues. So that vinyl pretty much, it's, it's like you're going out like, oh, I want to make money. So you start like just collecting Monopoly money. It's like, that's, that's a fake. You know, it's like, it's really not a value to that. But I can, I can see, I can see if you appreciate the music, but you know, they have Spotify for that. You know, you don't have to sit there and go get that vinyl because a lot of times the vinyl that's being reissued is not going to those original artists anymore. And just like you were saying, Harley, you know, you got these labels that have all shut down since then. So yeah, it's kind of like, it's like, paying, it's like not paying a debt. 
it's like like not paying a credit card and then they sell it off to a collection agency. It's like you don't. You, it gets passed around on and on and on and on. So you know, you it's no telling who owns that debt by that time. And that's what ends up happening with a lot of these labels yeah. because that also happens with them. They go out, they go in debt, they shut down, and they sell off all these books. You know, sell off all these these archives or whatever else. And just pay off their debts. And so there's no telling who owns it. And it's going to keep getting passed around because it keeps happening. Because, you know, labels are a dying breed as far as physical yeah. labels or whatever. Not no, that's the truth. You know, also, we also now, you know, since the computer age really blew up, it's like we also really live in a, a cut and paste society. You know, yeah. there, there isn't that natural uh, organic progression of music, you know, like. Nah. You know, there was a there was a time when you know you could trace rock and roll to the blues and and everything in between, and you know you could see the 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 subtle little changes that happen over time right. that eventually lead to where we are now. You know, now the, these kids they don't have that same uh, organic connection to the music. They don't really have to really know because they can just Google it. And Go cut do it stuff. and paste it, and, yeah. and that's you right. know that's why a lot of music is starting to sound, in my opinion, really redundant. You know because people aren't, uh, you know, there's 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 just no organic growth to it. It's really, uh, but hey, man, what the very, fuck? Do it's I very know? instant. It's so like if you got a computer. Yeah, <laughs> you got a computer, and you just feel like making a bunch of car noises. All of a sudden, you just go make a beat. And you just like sound like you're hitting your brakes all the time. Burr, 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 and next thing you know, you're Cardi B. <laughs> you know, it's like, and you yeah. think like, where did this chick come from? <laughs> you're like, it's like, well, how did this even happen? <laughs> so, yeah, you know, and even like, in no, my there was no warning. Like you got there was no warning that, that, You know, or <laughs> copying shit that we and other bands like mine were doing 20, 30 years ago. They didn't, but they didn't have the, uh, the same experience of like, you know, me growing up watching the bad brains and watching bands like minor threat and this right. and that, and then taking that and doing something slightly different with it. You know, they're straight right. replicating shit, you know, they're okay. You know, but whatever, man, you know, it's all fucking meaningless. Then there's you, know? Like, you know, once you get busted, like, Hey man, you straight stole my stuff. Like, no man, we're paying, we're paying tribute to you. <laughs> it's yeah, like, well, yeah, be a tribute band. One I love, be you a know? tribute band yeah, when you do that, though, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, how's, so what's been going on with your book, man? Because last time you came on, the book just came out, and now I see that there's a movie being made about well, your life. There, uh, there's, there's, uh, there's, there's people looking into making a movie, and, um, you know, th cool. there's, a, there's a lot of shit going on. I, I actually just did... Uh, I just did an episode of Parts Unknown uh, with Anthony Bourdain a few weeks ago, oh, cool. and uh, cool. I got two EPs coming out soon. Uh, I just had one come out like a few months ago, and then I got two. I mean, there's a lot of shit going on, and and then you know I'm supposed to hit the road again in September and October, and uh, you know right now is is downtime for me, and I'm just kind of relaxing and enjoying it because I know. Uh, once September hits, I'm going to be busy as fuck again. You know, this when this Bourdain shit hits, and then all these these EPs, I'm going to be on the road again for you know for a minute. You know, you're you're doing everything self-produced. What do you think the benefit it would be of having a label behind you? Because it's a lot different now than let's say during the '80s when all the hair metal bands were getting these great deals. Well, the first start is you don't get the kind of money that you used to get in the record business when you get a record deal. The only thing that's good about having a label is that 
that it comes with a whole machine of people that are working to push your product and, and you want, and you have, you know, PR people and making sure you're getting in all the magazines and you're getting the right interviews and, and you get a, a certain amount of tour support. You know, the, the label will, you know, cover the expenses of advertising and this and that. So you wind up with booking agents that are uh, a lot more willing to work with you because you have label support. So, you know, when you're doing shit on your own, it's a little harder. But, uh, you know, uh, but nonetheless, you know, it, it's easier now than it used to be to do it on your own because you have all these different uh, platforms. You know, you have the Internet, you have, you know, downloads and this and that. So, you know, right now I have a distributor. I have MVD. Uh, they do my distribution, but I'm pretty much, you know, operating my own business, you know, I'm, I'm recording the records myself, producing them myself, um, you know, designing the covers, this, that, and, and they're just m making the physical product and distributing it. Now that's cool and everything, but the, but I don't have that machine behind me, you know, that yeah. for tour support and covering expenses and shit. And, you know, that definitely, you know, helps, but, um, I'm and also, get, though, and also get, you, not, get you on those big tours, right? Warp tour, things like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you have the right people behind you, it's a lot easier to get on all those different stages and stuff. But, but again, you know what, man, my, my life is, is so great right now. I'm, I'm just chilling. I'm, I, I just, you know, I love to play. So I'm out there playing. I don't care if I'm playing in front of 20 people or, or 20,000 people, you know, I'm not, trying to become a huge success financially through my music because uh, I, you know, my money's coming in from different directions right now. I don't have right. to, it's not like make it or, or, or fail, you know, in music. Yeah. Like I, I play music at this point because I love to, it's just, it's what I do. You know, it's like, you know, if, if you love playing ball, you go to the park and you play ball. It's not like you're pursuing a career as a pro. You just do it because you love it. And, and that's, it, that's also very liberating, you know, because there's, you know, I don't, there's no obligations to anybody except myself and, and my family, you know. Takes the edge up, right? You don't have that attachment to some kind of goal you're trying to hit necessarily. So you can just enjoy the process and see where it takes you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really what it's about, you know. There's a lot I mean, of you, you got to worry about. Like, you got to worry about the label. Like, okay, where is this money going? Where are you doing this? What are you spending this on? And you know, you're doing. They're doing it without yeah, your approval there's, because there's, hey, there's always all that shit. And you know what? I, I, I've I've put myself in a position where I have I've built up a management team of different people. You know, because I've, I've had a lot of real bad experiences with managers. So I realized that, you know, that's really a, an old business model. That doesn't necessarily work or anymore. You know, I'm better off having a team of people who are experts in different areas and they're all working together to make something happen. Because, you know, basically back in the day, you'd have a manager and they'd be calling all the shots and handling all the business kind of sort of in secrecy. And basically they're right. just... uh getting other people to play all those parts. Like they get the booking agent, they get the this, they get the that. But so I just basically got rid of that person and, and put together a team of all those other people, you know what I'm saying? And that, that way, you know, I, I'm more in control of my, my life. You know, I don't have somebody surprising me with like, Oh, you're going to, 
you're you're playing in Russia tomorrow. Oh, I am. You know, it's like so. <laughs> and then you got you know, a bar mitzvah, like, you know, in in Ireland. Like, wait, what? Huh? <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got rid of the chief of staff. You just have the staff now. Exactly. exactly you know. <laughs> hey, you met up with Ice T a while back. How did that whole thing come together? Um. Actually, uh, we met because of a mutual friend, and uh, you know, we just we did a we shot a little video together where we were just like talking about music and talking about how you know urban street culture has uh, changed, you know, mainstream culture, you know, uh, and and whether it was hip hop or you know punk rock or hardcore, whatever, how these things that started as real underground you know, cultures are now, you know, the big, the big players, you know, uh, and it was really interesting talking to him. I mean, he's a really cool dude. You know, I, yeah. I, I had no idea. He, he's really, um, yeah, man, he, he's down to earth motherfucker, man. I really liked him. That was, that was a good time. I took him down to my old neighborhood. We hung out, um, on the Lower East Side and, you know, it was, it was a cool experience, man. Definitely one of the cooler dudes that I've met. He seems like a really cool guy. I like his Twitter post. He was dealing with one troll run one time, and he goes, "Look, man, he's like, I don't tell you, I don't tell you what to do when you're eating ass. So why you got to tell me what you know, what to do in my life?" <laughs> like, yeah, he's got a way, he's got a way with <laughs> words, man. I, I yeah, have a way does. with words. Oh, gee, man, <laughs> he does. He, he goes, uh, "I'm always telling people like, look, don't waste time with trolls." And he's he goes, "Look, I have fun with trolls." <laughs> he goes, "I got on Twitter for a while." Yeah, you know, just to get a rise out of these people. He does re- reverse trolling, basically. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I, I get caught up in that shit too sometimes. Where you start like talking shit oh, back to some of these people, <laughs> and then, then you realize, wait a second, these fucking clowns are fucking, you know. <laughs> and I get myself all worked up, and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm getting worked up over some fucking nameless, faceless <laughs> asshole who's sitting on their computer in their fucking bedroom. Like, get the fuck. Just visualize yourself. You got. Just visualize yourself with that that angry Harley face on the computer, you know, fuming, got smoke coming out of your Dude, ears on the computer. You know, hey, fuck you, man! <laughs> I, I just I wish there was a, a button you could just hit on your computer to, to like make your fist come through the screen and just punch the person <laughs> on the other end, because you know I, that that would just solve it all. Just like what, boom, right in the face, you know, the punch button. That's what that's what Facebook needs is a punch you in the face button, you know. Sort of a like button. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it needs a, a dislike button. It needs a punch in the fucking jaw button. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have some shock they're attached to their computer via some shocker and you can hit that button. So it just fires them up. I mean those Trolls, they any response to them is a victory. So if you say something and then they talk some smack and then you respond, they're on cloud nine. They're telling their friends about it. Oh yeah, no, I've had motherfuckers like take screenshots of like me talking shit back to them, and they're like just so proud of the fact that they engaged <laughs> me. And I'm like, really, like you pitiful motherfucker. And that's you know, so I try to. I'm also I'm just getting to the place where like when people talk shit on me, I'm just like. I'll just send him a smiley face, a wink face, and, you know, yeah, LOL, <laughs> right on, bro. You know, because that's no, like, you know, almost worse, which is worse than ignoring them. It's kind of like, yeah. You know, yeah, what else you got? And, yeah. and they're just like, well, fuck you, man. <laughs> <It's> like, exactly. 
Well, some people just have no clown and who here, motherfucker. I don't even know who you are. You're fucking following my page, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you know what? You know what? And what I end up telling them, you know what? You just got an invitation to the block party. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> and you're blocked. Just like that, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I try not to block too many people, even when they talk shit, because it's like, that's almost like a victory for them, too, because right, then they right. feel like they rub Oh, yeah, they're, they're actually support. putting that in their Twitter yeah, profile. Yeah, man, that motherfucker blocked me. And then, then they yeah, get they on a message board. Like, blocked by Harley Flanagan. It's like, wow, yeah, exactly. you're probably... Exactly, and it's like, I'm like, really, dude? <laughs> you know? Plus, my old no, thing, man, every time... Every time people no. disagree with him or argue with him, he's like, delete, blocked. And I'm like, you know what? That shit is weak. You know, you're not always going to agree there's with some, people. You're, you know. There are times when you see some of those trolls, man. I just I leave them for all the other people that, like, you know, that may follow us, whatever, just to eat them alive. It's like, okay, you just sacrifice yourself. I'm just going to sit back and watch them and get you. Next thing you know, you're on YouTube watching all the people that follow your pages, like, tear this dude a new asshole. Just like, yeah, that's well, just, what is, that shit is no, 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 funny. I said, this could have been a boy. Yeah, it's like heckler's it's like hecklers at a comedy club. Usually someone sitting next to that person will tell them to shut up. And then everybody moves the in. Like, like, shut up. Yeah, man. but heckler, hecklers at a comedy club are just opening themselves up because you're yes, fucking with a fuck. Totally. You're talking you're talking and also never whose whole job is to rip people up and fucking make you. people and laugh. Never mess with the man with the mic. Okay, that's the that's the one. No, I was like, say dude. Rule number one, never mess with the man because no one can hear you. But <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like you just became the butt of all the jokes, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> just shut up and enjoy the show before you end up, you know, crying your way home and shit instead of laughing your way home. <laughs> I mean, Joe, Joe Rogan's the best with crushing hecklers. I think there's clips on YouTube. He just destroys hecklers. He gives them a chance, too. That's the funny thing. They'll say something stupid. He'll try to give them a chance. And when they just want to keep going down that road, then he just pulls the trigger. Yeah, he's funny. He's he's funny. He definitely, I've seen him uh, ha- have some moments. And, it, and it's funny, too, because, you know, he'll fuck you up uh, with with his humor but there's a pretty good chance he'll also fuck you up in person if you want to get really stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's a double whammy right there. You know, you can fuck with him through your keyboard, but that's about as far as you're getting, you know. Yeah, the, Twitter has a cool function where you can mute people. So there, it's basically blocking them without them knowing they're being blocked because right, they're, they're muted. Right, they yeah, exactly. Oh, they're still going to waste time. I didn't know about that. I would have been using that function a long time ago. <laughs> now, Twitter's, that's great function because I, I don't want to block them where they're not going to waste their time anymore. I want them to keep wasting their time. I just don't want to see it, so I don't wait. So I don't waste my time. <laughs> you know, I don't mind. That's terrible, Mike. You want people to waste their time? I thought you were Mister <laughs> Mister Mister Good Guy over here. <laughs> Nah, I'm not quite spiritually evolved yet. Maybe a couple more years. <laughs> a couple more years down the line, I'll I'll go. I'll find out who these people are on Twitter and send them a personal card. <laughs> send them a them fucking in. kettlebell, an exploding kettlebell. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're on the when you're on the road, how's how is it being on the road now? Because I mean, traveling overseas. Because that man. as a young man, yeah, you're a much older guy now. So how is that when you're traveling overseas? Is it still a grind or is it more enjoyable now? Oh, I actually, you know, it's 
it's way easier and way more enjoyable now for me. I mean, I, no, not more enjoyable. I always had fun traveling, but it's easier for me now as as a vegetarian, for starters, because now, oh, yeah. you know, Lots any stuff, yeah. market in, in America or Europe, you can find all kinds of vegetarian stuff. So that has become a lot easier. But, um, I mean, dude, in general, touring is easier now. I mean... Uh, back in the day, you know, we didn't have cell phones. You know, we had to like we'd be driving around with a map and a pocket full of quarters in case in case yeah. you got lost, so you could call the promoter and be like, "How do we get to the club?" You know, you know. Now it's just like everything is GPS. You got you know tour managers and this and that and blah blah blah. So in that sense, it's you know, it's definitely easier. Um, I also know how to pace myself better. You know, right, right. So, you know, it, I, dude, I love traveling. I love playing. You know, I would do it all the time, except that I, I, I love being home and being with my wife and my family just as much. So it's like, you know what? I just consider myself lucky that I have all, all these things in my life. You know. Well, it's good to have both, right? It's good to get away. It's good to be back home. But you don't really appreciate yeah, home unless you get away. <laughs> you have to do both. Right. No man, it's it's a it's a beautiful beautiful situation for me, man. It's like I mean, think about it. What do I do for a living? I play music. I I, I make people happy and give them give them a way to like get all all that pent up shit that that we all go through in life, building up. You know, they get to release it at my shows. They they get yeah. to have fun and get all that frustration out of their system, and just for for an hour or two, you know, all the bullshit in their lives doesn't matter you know they're just having fun and then when i'm not doing that i'm I'm teaching jujitsu and you know you can see the you could you know you could just see it in the people's eyes and on their faces that that they love what you're teaching them and they're they're interested and they're fascinated and they're having fun and and i'm you know i'm i'm really lucky man you know a lot of people out there doing shit that they hate for a living yeah and everything i do for a living makes other people happy and puts me in contact with people. I, I, I get to make connections and friendships and, and relationships and, uh, you know, what more could I ask for, man? You know? Yeah. You, you're a good example of following your interests because this, I doubt you got into jujitsu with the goal of one day teaching jujitsu to others. No, it was just no. something that you were passionate about. And now you have yeah. this little second career working with one of the greatest ever Henzo and teaching yeah, at his man. place. It, it's a, it's amazing, you know. I, I like I said, I just, you know, I just started doing it because I fell in love with it and and uh here I am, you know, 20 something years later and I'm, you know, I got tons of students and uh you know, some of the best friends I've made in my life have been through jiu-jitsu. I mean, I I I joke around all the time. I say, "Hey, man, there's no better way of making a friend than choking the shit out of someone." You know, you know, in jujitsu, you get, you know, you get close very quickly. It's like, hey, how you doing? Next minute, you're trying to strangle each other. Maybe that explains a friend of mine. Maybe that explains that friend of mine who likes to likes to choke out strippers and put them in the closet. Maybe he's just trying to get closer to them. It all makes sense now. Okay, I didn't uh, hear all that. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) My point is, is, there's there's no bullshit on the mat. You know, on the mat, there's no bullshit. You know, you 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 check your ego before you get out there because 
you never know who's going to tap you the fuck out. And, um, you know, there's something beautiful about being able to take a beating and smile at at your opponent and shake hands and, and not give a fuck and know that you're learning from it, you know? Um, yeah, and you have, you have this whole segment of people who know you as this great jiu-jitsu instructor. You're a black belt, you're very skilled in that, who have no clue about who you are as a musician. Well, it's and actually funny, though, because I do get a lot of visitors at the academy, like people who fans from different parts yeah, yeah, of the I'll world. and different. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, so it's like I'm kind of... Uh, it, you know, everybody at the academy kind of gets a kick out of it. You know, there's always somebody coming in and wanting to take pictures of with me and bringing in my book to get it signed and stuff. And so it's like I'm kind of like the uh, the in-house rock star. You know, <laughs> like yeah. you know, Henzo loves it. I mean, he you know, he, Henzo is like he just loves to see any of his friends or, or students or, or uh, do well and be and being appreciated you know he he's just got such a big heart you know and he, he gets a kick out of it you know he hates the music i play but he, he loves the, the <laughs> impact i've had on people you know well, that's an important quality of someone's integrity not even integrity just their your whether you're a good person or not is do you want to see other people succeed do you want to see them do well yeah. Now, what does it say about you when you enjoy seeing people fail or you enjoy seeing people suffer? Yeah, no, big time, you know, and Henzo is a real, he's a real class act, man. I mean, that dude is such an inspiration. I haven't, I haven't had too many, you know, role models in my life that have, that have impacted me like, like he has, you know, and uh, again, it's like, you know, leading by example. I mean, even the people that have been his opponents in MMA and in jiu-jitsu, I've yet to come across somebody that's actually met Henzo who has anything bad to say about the guy. Like, everybody respects him. Everybody loves him, even his opponents, you know, and that is, is a beautiful thing. I mean, he is the kind of person that can walk into a room and literally make everybody in that room feel good and make everybody in that room feel important. You know, he'll walk up and shake your hand and give you a hug and a smile. And you're just like, you know, even if you barely know him, even if he just, you know, if he sees you looking at him, like, you know, this person recognizes me, he'll just come up and, 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 uh, you know, it's a beautiful thing, man. You know, and, and this is, this is a guy who's a, who's a real badass. You know, yeah. and yeah. that that's something that, that, you know, you learn f from that example, too. Like, here's a guy who's a genuine will fuck you up badass, but he's like the nicest fucking guy you'll ever meet. And then, you you know, you you walk around the streets and, and, and in the world and there's all these people who think they're hard asses and, and they have such shitty attitudes and they're just like so nasty and and just fucking mean spirited. And and here's a guy who could fucking eat them alive and, and doesn't have even a, a trace of that type of nastiness in him. You know, that right there speaks volumes, you know. Yeah, definitely. He has a fun clip where he put up these two guys were about to mug him. He's walking around New York City somewhere. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> shit was hysterical, man. <laughs> he goes, oh, these guys are about to attack me. I'm going to take care of it. It's going to be a pleasure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, the funny <laughs> shit was one of, one of them got away. The other one, yeah. Enzo choked him out. 
And yeah. he choked him out and then punched him in both his eyes so that when he woke up, he'd have two black eyes. He's like, <laughs> in, he's like in, in Brazil, we call that giving someone the raccoon. <laughs> so he choked him out and he said every time he would choke him out he'd choke him till he was about to pass out then he'd let him get back and then he'd choke him a little bit more <laughs> finally he choked him out popped him in both his eyes okay motherfucker you will about, remember me talk about picking the worst target <laughs> this yeah. like the worst, the worst, of all the people you could have picked in New York City this you pick this guy Hey, you know what? A word of advice to all the wannabe hard asses and muggers out there. If you see somebody who has like cauliflower ears and stuff like that. There you go. Exactly. Don't fuck with them. Like, That's the first on. sign right there. Move on. You know, if they got like, if their ears look like pork rinds, leave them alone. You know, <laughs> that means they've spent some time whooping some ass, you know. <laughs> Now make it a pivot here. You're you're looking into doing a 30th anniversary of the Best Wishes record. Is so that means you're going to go out yeah. and just play that play that um, record from start to finish. We're going to probably open the set with that whole album, and then with the remaining set cool. time, do a little bit of a you know, little bit of everything. But it's 30 years since that record came out, so uh, you know we've had a lot of people write me and that's what gave us the idea like you know what everybody wants to to hear a 30th anniversary uh so yeah we're starting to put that tour together i don't have any confirmed dates yet but but that's not really till next year so the end of this year will be the uh september october runs and uh yeah and we'll be banging out that album yeah because 2019 will be the 30th year right it came out in 1989 yeah exactly a lot of bands are doing that, and they're having great success with it. Jane's Addiction did that with Nothing Shocking. That was really good. I saw that. The Cult did it with Electric. So there's something to be said about these landmark albums that people really enjoyed. Well, you know, when you have a, a, a big catalog like that, it starts getting easier to be like, okay, this tour, we're just doing this album, or we're doing this album and that album, you know? Once you have once you have enough records out, it's you know it becomes a lot easier to go out and just do that type of, of a tour. You know the problem is is I like doing all, uh, a little bit of all the material and and you know some of the best wishes songs are not some of my favorites. You know, I, but whatever the, the you know the people like them and and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to kick the shit out of them. You know. Yeah. And then there's Alpha Omega, which is what happens when the Chromags take LSD and go in the studio to record. Actually, that was mushrooms and, and a little bit of PCP. Yeah. I wasn't eating much LSD at the time. I was a, but uh, I, you know, that album had a few moments on it that I really liked. As no, well. Actually, and, I like the album. I like the album. The thing, the thing about you guys is each album was so different, and people, people are more simpletons than that, right? They just. They just want to hear age yeah. or quarrel repeated over and over again. And then there's people that like, you guys are evolving as musicians. So you can't just, you have to keep it interesting to yourself. You can't just do the same thing over that, and over. That, that was the idea, you know, is that I always wanted to try new things. But but I'll be honest with you. I mean, on these last like five tours I did, uh, one of the songs that got the the best response from the crowd every night was Apocalypse Now off of yeah. Alpha Omega. I mean, that was yeah. like the set closer for a lot of the shows because people fucking go bananas for that song. So, I mean, you know, it, it's it's surprising. I mean, as many people 
that like the first album, Andrew Quarrel, there's a an equally strong number of people who prefer Best Wishes and 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 a lot of younger kids who didn't discover us till Alpha Omega who really liked that album, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I tried to do a little bit of everything. I mean, and now, you know, I've written enough different styles. I'm, you know, I mean, all my music has has a it it all obviously comes from me. It all, it all has a certain connecting fiber, but I've, I've I've explored a lot of different areas, and now I can really uh, pull little bits and pieces from from every period when I'm writing songs. So I, I you know I can write a part that sounds like this album and another part that sounds like that album, and it, it's uh I think I'm finally getting the chemistry down, you know. Yeah, you play some of the new music as well. How was the response to that? Oh, it's great, man. I mean, um, uh, the song Guilty Until Proven Innocent, that that song is in our set every night and people love it, you know, um, all that shit. I mean, it, it's 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 very surprising, you know, what people want to hear. Yeah, Guilty Until Proven Innocent. If Johnny Cash ever made a hardcore song, I think it would sound like that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, a lot of my lyrics very well could be country songs. Yeah, yeah, totally. Especially <laughs> that like getting fucked up, getting locked up, and getting getting your heart broken, getting arrested, and getting in a fight, and getting high. If that ain't country, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could we could say, hey, that album never would have existed if you didn't get jumped that night. I guess that's the silver lining, right? You well, never you know, know what the lyrics definitely wouldn't have been the same. Yeah, <laughs> it was a very inspiring, uh, very yeah. inspiring <laughs> night. Yeah, my life is too good right now. I don't have anything to talk about. It's like, oh, now I've got something to talk about. <laughs> you know, well, you know what? Actually, that's, that's bullshit too, though, because the last record, the one I just put out, I got a song on it called "I Love My Life." You know, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I was like, you know, I'm writing, I'm trying to write lyrics for this last record, and I'm like, fuck, man, I, you know, I life is really good, you know, what do I write about, you know, so, uh, fuck, you know, so I wrote a song called I Love My Life, and I was like, okay, how do I put a twist on it and keep it still edgy, so I'm like, okay, you know, my life has been a nightmare, it's been, you know, it's uh, my life's been so full of drugs and violence and this and that, but, you know, somehow, despite it all, I love my life. You know, so it's it's like, yeah, I went through this, I went through that, I went through hell, I went through fucking high water, I went through all kinds of bullshit. But guess what? I love my life, you know? So that's kind of where I'm at now. I got all those years worth of, 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 of street and all those years worth of violence and drugs and madness. You know, I don't... I, I, what's the, what's the, what's the end? What's the end of it all? You know, where are you now? So I can still draw on all those experiences for lyrical content, but in order to be true to, to myself and true to reality, I got to be like, okay, what am I trying to, what's the message I'm trying to send? And, and, and where am I in my head right now? You know? Well, I mean, I don't think you can be a fully, realized an interesting person until you've been through the ringer in life. It's it's so important that people make up backstories if they don't have one. Yeah. That's why you got all these full of shit motherfuckers out there. <laughs> I mean, you can't have your, you can't reach your level of confidence until you've been through 
certain levels of suffering. And then the most interesting people are people that have been through some real hard times and persevered. Well, I can put it like this. It's like you're not going to get your black belt without getting your ass kicked a bunch of times in the process. Right. And right. that that goes for every aspect of life, you know? Yeah. That, yeah, that, you're not that, going to build a business martial arts. Long. That's in, in yeah. life, you know, until you've yeah. had your ass handed to you several times. You really don't know shit. Well, that's one of the things I like about working out so much is that when you first start working out, you have no clue what you're doing. You're not good at anything. But if you stick with it, all of a sudden you start gaining a decent level of strength. And then if you stick with it longer, you start gaining really strong by anyone's standards. And then you you learn so much about yourself, how to push through discomfort how to not give up, and then you can carry those things into anything else you're trying to build. I mean, every time I go sprinting, it's 100 degrees right now, right? So I do these 1,200-yard sprints, and it's hot. So, I mean, after the first run, your mind is already telling you, like, why don't you just stop? You can go home right now. You don't need to keep going. And It's more of a mental thing than it is physical. As long as your mind is willing to keep going, your body will follow. But if you give up, that's... My mind doesn't say that. My mind says, "Sincere, this is bullshit." <laughs> and then I have to remind myself, I'm like, "Man, I got ancestors that were working 16 hour days out in freaking cotton fields, you know, in the south." I'm like, and you're like, "Wait a second, this shit is actually really easy." <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, exactly. Run the sprint, shut up. You know. That's yeah, awesome. run the motherfucking sprint. <laughs> run that sprint. This ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're running a sprint but you, to my, to my, in the tradition of Kanye. I'm running this sprint by choice. They were running that sprint because someone was after them to kill them. So it was like, yeah. what are you complaining about? I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Did you just point? say in the tradition of Kanye? <laughs> <laughs> running sprints is a choice. <laughs> Man, boy, that motherfucker put his foot in his mouth, boy. Damn. Yeah, that's, what happens. that's what happens when motherfuckers get so full of themselves that they think everything they say is holds water and is meaningful. It's like, dude, just shut up. And once when you're in so while, far removed you know? from reality, man. When you're yeah. so far removed Quit from while you're ahead, motherfucker. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't have to say anything. You know, you're at you're at a stage in life where you don't you don't have to say stupid shit anymore to get attention. You made yeah, it. You already <laughs> done. You already successful, dude. You have a catalog already, man. You got you got some of the dumbest shit ever said greatest hits already out you're good <laughs> just go, go just go tap that kardashian and shut the fuck up man well that's the problem <laughs> i think that's the problem man it's just like it's just there's something it's something about their wombs man that just make dudes lose it all <laughs> he's, he's so well, yeah, deep bruce, that bruce jenner, bruce jenner decided yeah bruce jenner decided he wanted to be a woman after being around the he kardashians lost it all hold on rocky shut up rocky don't mind my dogs, people. Uh, I'm surprised yeah, mine haven't started barking. Yeah, I mean, uh, this, this, this is what happens when Bruce Jenner decides, like, you know what? If you can't beat them, you just join them. <laughs> so I'm just going to get a sex change and beat one of the girls. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Somebody, somebody, if anything, they should have filmed Get Out. They should have filmed Get Out in the Kardashian house, man. <laughs> that's what that movie should have been filmed on location. This should be like the Blair Witch Project meets Get Out. <laughs> Dog, wide it out. Shut up. The funniest is where uh, Kanye gets confronted by some guy in TMZ. Yo, after everything the guy said, Cuddy goes, you look like you need a hug, man. I'm going to come over there and yeah, give exactly. you a hug. 
And Van, Van is looking like, wait a minute. Van looks so confused when he said that. Van like, wait a minute. That's the response you gave me? That's what you have? That's all you got? I need a hug? And then Van's like, no, 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 no. I don't need a hug. I don't need a hug. That crazy could be contagious. I don't want you touching me, man. Yeah, man. That shit was funny. Yeah. Perfect example of shut the fuck up. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> no, we see that all the time, though, where someone says something and they're okay if they stop there, but then they just keep going. And <laughs> the more they say, the like, worse read it gets. Body language. Look at the body language. When there's a collective, like, what? The WTF going on? There's <laughs> a difference between people looking at you and they're offended compared to. Dude, what did you just say? Where everyone yeah, when the, when the whole room <laughs> when the whole room turns around and looks at you like, what the fuck just what? came out of your face? Yeah. <laughs> and now everything is caught on tape, so this is no longer. You know, you said something stupid and three people heard it, and you can go, oh man, I'm just gonna walk away from this one. Right. <laughs> now it's on tape. It goes viral. Everything you ever said. That, there's a legacy. That's gonna be a legacy of stupidity because it's gonna it's on the internet and that's gonna last forever. It's gonna outlive you. Okay, so people can always look back like remember forty years ago when Kanye said slavery was a choice? <laughs> like what? They'll be teaching, they'll be teaching that in universities from now, like, wait a minute, what? An actual human being said this? <laughs> like, yeah, that's some retard shit, man. Perfect perfect example. Perfect example of shut the fuck up, man. You know? <laughs> But uh, yeah, then he, then he, then he tried know. to explain it as if there was some way to explain it. <laughs> you know? He's well, like, he's what I was trying to long like, after. It's like, no, his explanation came. The timing was wrong. It's like you know, after you've been blasted by everybody, and, and now people have like, as they call it, canceled you. You know, now you're like, no. What I'm saying is, you know, we had the we had the numbers game on our side, man, and just the fact that we could have outnumbered them. I was like, yeah, too late, bro. Come on, you should have said in theory. Yeah, no, it's like, you would I, think I, I that. tried. I tried to like say, okay, what he meant was this, and it too. came out that but way. And then I'm, and then I'm still shaking my know. head, going, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, okay, I, I, I understand what he was trying to say. No, I don't. I rephrased it, Harley. I was like, no, I said, I could, I could go with him if he was thinking, if he was thinking in the terms of as of today, with our mentality, you know, a, a million people versus like a <laughs> four, four or five hundred. Yeah. I get it. I said, but then again, you know, and he, even, if, even if he was, even if he may have been like trying to intellectualize it, like, you know, you know, we're right. keeping ourselves oppressed now with this and that type right. of, you know, blah, 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 blah. But, but, but he didn't even go there. Like, I was right. hoping, right. I was hoping I, he was going to come out with some halfway intelligent <laughs> shit. Like, you know, but that didn't come out of his mouth. Like, no, you know. Man. No, he, he didn't help at all. Like, I was trying to explain to my wife. I said, I can see if he's talking about today because, yes, slavery is a choice now in America. You know, when you sit there and you go and you willingly go to a job you you hate and you, but yet oh. still you'll do whatever to keep that job. I said, but man, all you gotta do is look at some of those ago, photos. That was a choice, man. Dude, you just gotta look at some of them photos of some of them dudes' backs just covered yeah, in like, layers you know, of you know, fucking scar tissue, and then it's like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, like what? Have what you person? Not what person? Like, what dude walks up like, hey, Mister Master? Um, I see you got a whip in your hand. 
could you do me a favor as I lean against this fence and could you just kind of like, I don't know, give me a few stripes on the back? <laughs> that would be really nice if you could do that, sir. That's what, that's what, that's what it sounds like. That's what, what Kanye said. That's the context of that. Like, that's how ridiculous he sounds when he said that, man. It's like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah. Come well, on, you know, blame, blame it on the Kardashians, man. You know, <laughs> that's, that's what he should have done. Well, I got a lot of stress. He's like, I got a lot of stress at home, and it, that's why this came yeah, out. You know, yeah. he's on. What, what, he's, I don't get out very shit. much, man. <laughs> what, 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 what are them pills? Uh, Ambien. What was it? Roseanne blamed it on Ambien. Kanye must be on some Ambien or some shit. Roseanne needs to have her phone hidden from her after she takes Ambien. But look, you can at least yeah, give him credit. Always, she's she's always been a dumbass, though. I mean, come on. Who the fuck didn't know that? That's right. That's I right. mean, she's that's been right. insulting she people like forever. She just happened to pick the wrong time and the wrong era to insult black people. <laughs> you know, it's like you've right. been insulting everybody forever. You know, guess what? That shit is not cool anymore, and you just fucked up. You know? Fucking people, man. People are just stupid. You know? So it's just like, you, you can't. The PC police are out, and even that right there, yeah, that wasn't PC, and you probably should not have said that. Keep that amongst your friends, like like you did, like people did in the past. <laughs> you like people hey, you know say, what? The, the country's more. It, it, it amazes me. People say the country's more and more racist. And I was like, no, it's always been this way. It's just no, like, it's you just that it everybody's well. catching everybody on fucking video now. You know? right. yeah, like, I don't think shit has changed. It's just that people are are posting videos of. Assholes right. now. That, yeah, we that's just the know only thing now. that's really changed, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, but the fact of the matter is, I mean, shit, you know? All right, me and my, my drummer's black. Me and him, we fuck with each other racially and ethnically all the time, and we love each other, you know? But there's, there's something that, that, that can be said about humans fucking with each other and having fun with it, and then straight up dead, ignorant assholes, you know? You have you to have a certain amount of humor in life, hurt, you know? You know? You know, I mean, so, you know, it's one thing that that's why the whole PC police and even like this whole the Antifa, all these motherfuckers are also, you know, they're almost as bad in their own way, because it's like, you know, okay, who the fuck likes to see a a bunch of fucking neo-Nazi clan motherfuckers marching, having a parade? All right. But you know what? You are allowed to say what you want in this country, even if it's fucking fucked up. That's one of the things that, you know, we're allowed to speak. You can't just go attacking motherfuckers because you don't fucking agree with them because that that, that shit is just as wrong. Like, you can't go beating up gay people because you don't agree with them being homosexual. You can't go beat up assholes because they're assholes. It's just not acceptable. I mean, everybody has certain basic rights it's when you start fucking overstepping them shits that's when shit gets out of control you know and my thing is don't flip-flop when it when it does when it goes against what you're into it's like don't sit there and say abc is wrong for you know canceling roseanne but at the same time the week before you were saying that the nfl has every right to make their their athletes you know get fined if they take a knee it's like um okay they're both exercising that same amendment so one minute you're pissed off about it and it's you know and then the next minute you're defending it so it's like come on man right side which one is it yeah <laughs> you know just, yeah now nah, people oh, i'm not about, 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 about outrage man 
Yeah, I'm not a fan of Roseanne or her show at all. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen an episode, but I don't yeah, think it should have been canceled. I don't like all this PC crap. Let, let the marketplace decide to... if they if they can tolerate that exactly. or not. If you don't like what she said, don't watch the show. If the show gets canceled because ratings drop, then you have your answer. But just I, I don't I don't want to live in a culture where people can't speak honestly, even if it's stuff I don't like. So if you're if right. you're a racist, fine. Let us know. <laughs> you know, so we don't that's, waste that's, any time. That's, your, that's your problem. I mean, you're the one right. who has to walk around feeling uncomfortable in your skin because you're surrounded by other people. You know, that's your right. fucking. That, that, right. honestly, I always tell honestly, people, you know, I people. Wanna know. Do, I want to know because yeah. I want to know who I'm dealing with. Okay, and I know how to. Yeah, no, I, I, I prefer. Honestly, when it's all in secret, I, I, said, I don't know anymore. <laughs> right. But I said some and shit the dangerous. other day online. It's like I would rather have real enemies than fake friends because at least yeah, you know how they're coming at you. You know what I'm saying? At least you know what the how they're coming at you and what they're thinking of you and, and, and so on. You know, so, you know, ah, man, people are just fucking soft. They get fucking, they're looking for reasons to get offended, you know? Back That's in the right. day, everybody used to fuck with everybody and everybody got along. You know, at least in my recollection of going to public school on the Lower East Side, you know, we all fucked with each other hard. <laughs> and for the most part, we all got along well. You know what I'm saying? So... Thing motherfuckers are just looking for excuses to to get their feelings hurt a lot of times. They, they just and, need to be uh, mad about something, man. It's like you know you're not being mad. Somebody, trust me, there's a lot of crap out there that you really should be upset about. Don't pick and choose just like senseless stuff that just makes no damn sense whatsoever. It's like you know again we always bring it up. It's like we talk about you know child sex trafficking. Like you're not mad about that. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. But let's talk yeah. about yeah. Kanye saying that slavery is a choice. I'm like, okay, yeah. Okay, here's the deal. Those those children being trafficked in sex and everything else, like, yeah, is that a choice? Because that's another form of slavery. Exactly. So that's what we're Exactly. Now we can talk. Okay, so now we can talk. <laughs> we can start talking now about that. Since we talk about, you know, that slavery is not a choice, let's talk about child sex trafficking then. <laughs> so, you know, said, no, they won't talk about it. Let's talk about, the, let's talk about the celebrities. That's just a little bit easier. Yeah, let's talk about Kanye and TMZ. That shit's a little less, a uh, little less painful. You know? <laughs> well, exactly. I don't have to deal with that. I don't have to watch TMZ. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. You know, I don't have to worry about my children being on TMZ, so that doesn't affect me. But when you start talking about this other stuff, that's too close to home, man. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so the delusion, man. Delusion. <laughs> and that now everyone can voice their being offended energy exactly. as well. That's also we're we're living in a pearl clutching generation now. Everybody's clutching their fucking pearls now. I never (laughs) just like. Well, you know what? Like I was laughing because I was on like fucking what was it Facebook or some shit the other day, and it's like now everybody's got to post a video of some you know every time you catch some white asshole talking some racist shit, you got to film it and post it, and then in response, every white dude who can catch a a black dude on video talking shit about white, but it's like tit for tat, touche. Like everybody's so busy trying to expose everything. Like all oh, everybody, <laughs> one up each other. Yeah. Fuck up, man, motherfuckers. I'll, really? I'll, this is how you deal with I'll shit. Your, Videotape it. I will take your racism it. and raise it with two shots of bitch. <laughs> yeah, you know, like no, <laughs> get the fuck out of here, man. Every, you know, there's, there's also no sense. There's also no sense of humor. Where why can't we have a laugh about some stuff? For example, I mean, you posted that clip of. Of John walking into McDonald's, right? Which I thought was funny. Oh, that shit was just funny. It, it, Someone it, sent me the picture. Somebody just thought it was, oh, you made it. 
He went in there to use the bathroom, Harley. It's like, oh, it's just uh, why can't we have a laugh about it? It's funny, right? It, 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 especially if it's if you were going in there to buy a hamburger, which he probably which he wasn't, right? He's a vegan and all that. But it, it's just the fact that he went in there it was funny, given everything he talks about. It's like, why can't we have a laugh yeah. about some things? Man, if you can't laugh at shit, man, you you you're you're suffering inside, man. <laughs> you know. Shit, I'll I mean, laugh at myself sometimes. I, I, I walk can't into laugh, a, but other things you got to find some humor in, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's that PC police culture we have now, where nothing is funny. Oh, that that was that's not funny. That was offensive. I was like, well, I'm laughing, so obviously it was funny. <laughs> you know, right. and whether it was offensive or not, I don't know. But if you know, the only the only rule of humor that matters is whether it's funny or not. If it's if it's funny, I'm gonna laugh. <laughs> I mean, shit, half the comedians that we grew up with, uh, you know, fucking think about it. Fucking Red Fox, fucking, uh, you know, Richard Pryor, all the Richard fucking Pryor, the Rodney, Rodney, Rodney Dangerfield, Field, yeah. fucking yeah. So foulest, most Burr, all these guys, talking you know. most, you know, everything, you know, fucking with race, yeah. fucking with humor, sexism, this, that, the other. Everything was fucking raw. And back then we could laugh at shit. You know, now you're going to offend somebody. You're going to you're going to offend some unborn that hasn't decided what sex it is yet. You know, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, I recently decided that I'm a fucking giraffe, you know, and I want my own family. bathroom. Why not? Look, I am a short neck giraffe. And this is what I am. Do not tell me otherwise, because this is America. Yeah, and I have the right to fucking be a giraffe if I fucking say I feel like a giraffe. You I'm know? a rhino stuck in a man's body. You know, I was. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, uh, Bill Maher. Bill Maher had a funny story about how the vagina monologues got canceled on a college campus because it doesn't take into account women who have penises. Now that alone <laughs> is hilarious. Okay. <laughs> Women who have penises. Right there, it's funny. <laughs> oh, shut up. Hold on one second, guys. Yeah, sure. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. I'm obviously at home getting deliveries with my dogs over here. Okay, what kind yeah, of dog so I'm do you not, have? Right I'm, now? I'm not in Vegas sitting at the table in front of these guys, people. <laughs> what do you? What kind of dogs do you have, Harley? Uh, they're pit bull American staff mix. The father oh. was a American staff, and the mother was a red nose. Okay, cool. Yeah, they're just big dummies. <laughs> <clears throat> big stubborn babies. <laughs> yeah, big time. Oh man. Yeah, I got my crew out here. They're it's so hot though that it's too hot to bark, so they just lounge out. Yeah, mine. Yeah, is they, they're you out. guys got the well, AC on. Yeah, there was a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> so you have any? Are there are there any big tours? I mean, big events you're going to be at? Is there anything lined up for the rest of the year? Um, no, nah, we did the, like the biggest. The biggest thing I had uh, coming up was that Misfits show, and then you know I got parts unknown coming up. The rest of it, I'm doing a festival in uh, Oklahoma, um, but really mostly just tour, you know, 
clubs and stuff. I mean, I, I'm not sure everything. To be honest, I really don't fucking know. Like, they talk to my booking agents and... Right, just let them deal with it. You know, they now. just... Uh, yeah, I, I get, you know, get me to the airport and, you know, I'll see where I'm going when, when we land, you know. I, you know, it doesn't really matter to me where I'm playing. It's all the same stage. <laughs> yeah, it must be like a blur after a while anyway. You're doing so many gigs. Yeah, you know. But it's, you know, it's fun, man. I'm happy to be out doing it again. You know, I, I was on like almost a 10-year break. I was actually surprised that I was getting the kind of responses that I that I got, you know. Um, it's It's impressive, you know. Take that kind well, of time one of the off. Good Usually, people forget who the fuck you are. So I, I must have oh, yeah. definitely made some impact on people back when I was doing shit. You know? Oh, no doubt. And one of the good thing, good things about the internet is it does keep a lot of this stuff alive. I mean, how could how could people even see the "We Got to Know" video without the internet? Fuck if I know, dude. I, I don't know anything <laughs> about fans and, and videos and this and that. You know, I'm. Yeah, and I'm just, uh, you know, I'm living the dream, man. Life is fucking great, man. I, you know, I got an amazing wife. I got two teenage sons. I play music and teach jujitsu. I mean, what the fuck, you know? <laughs> Life is great, man. Yeah, great response to your book. Is any any? There's really not a, probably not a need to do a follow up, right? You pretty much laid it all out in there. Yeah, I mean, what else am I gonna do? You know, I, I actually had. I mean, I. I had to edit a lot of stories out. I was thinking I, I could actually put a book out called Things I Left Out, you know. <laughs> but but what's, what's the point, you know? What's the fucking point, you know? It, you know, people have asked me, am I writing another book or am I going to work on another one? To be honest, I don't really feel like I wrote a book. I just told my life story because, you know, right. writing a book implies that you're coming up with stuff. Right. I didn't come up with anything. I just wrote down everything I could remember, and then it, we edited it down into a format that made sense. Uh, you know, I, I write lyrics, but I can't see myself writing another book, you know? Now, this I'd movie... Think, I'd have to think of something to write it about, you know? Like, what could I write about that I actually have experienced and seen with my own eyes, you know? So, I mean, I could write it about hardcore or punk rock or whatever, but I think I already covered all that shit. Yeah. Yeah, you pretty much covered everything in there. This movie, is this going to be a documentary type movie based on your book? Um, or is it you know what? Be... I'm sort of staying out of all of that. The, the first okay. people that approached me was uh, Mass Appeal, which, uh, you know, they mostly they have a magazine. It's pretty much a mostly a hip hop uh, based uh, yeah. company. Like right. they have their own label. I think I think Nas has something to do with the label. They they produce a lot of TV shows. They put out that uh, that movie uh, Burn Motherfucker Burn about the L.A. Yeah, riots and stuff. They've, right, they've, right. they've done a lot of cool yeah. stuff. And um, it's actually a funny story. I was on the train uh, coming home from work, and uh, I I heard someone say my name, but I wasn't sure. And I look up and, you know, there's this black dude sitting across with me, looks, you know, like close to my age, didn't look like you know, a rock dude or anything like that. And I'm like, did, did he just say my name? And I'm like trying to think, where do I know this guy? And then all of a sudden he reaches in his bag and pulls out my book and was like, I just finished reading this. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. And we started talking. Now, 
a couple of weeks goes by, I get a I get a call from Mass Appeal about they're interested in trying to shop my book for a movie. I'm like, oh no shit. So I go to Mass Appeal to have a meeting, and the motherfucker who run one of the head guys at Mass Appeal was the dude from the train. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Bizarre. So, you know, yeah. Mass Appeal stepped up. They were the first people that stepped up that were interested in the story and trying to turn it into a movie. And, um, you know, since then, I've had some, uh, some, you know, some Hollywood people who write shit that are talking about trying to turn it into like a, a mini series, like, you know, like vinyl or, or the deuce or some bullshit like that, you know? So, I mean, there's a lot of, right. right. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of different angles that people are interested in this thing. And, um, so, you know, I, I just feel like, Hey, you know what? I wrote the book. I did my part. I, I'm kind of staying out of it. I'm just like, um, letting it, you know, grow on its own, see what actually happens. You know, I got other people doing the legwork, trying to pursue all that shit. And, you know, that's not my gig, you know? Right. I did. I, I did the book. I lived the life. That was enough. Now, y'all do something with it if you don't, <laughs> if you want. <laughs> right. Well, there's 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 definitely enough material in there to do something like a deuce or vinyl. What's on well, HBO? Well, that, that's or why even, I think or, that, or that, that, that idea might be cool because you know if if we did a movie, you would have to you'd have to condense a lot of it. You know, you'd probably have to rewrite it it would probably be more like a, a movie based on the book because there's no right. way you could fit that many stories into a movie whereas if it became some sort of a a series there would be a lot more room to explore the difference yeah you know but you know what at the end of the day whatever happens you know fucking right on man you know it, 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 this was not my intention i mean me writing the book was really just i just needed to get that out out of me and uh, and off my plate you know i, I didn't yeah. anticipate it doing as as well as it has done you know the book's doing really well you know i mean people are really considering it one of the you know like almost like a hi history you know like like it's really telling the story not just of new york hardcore and punk rock but it's really depicting what it was like in the 80s growing up on lower east side and and just all of that, you know, so, you know, it's almost like a fucking textbook in in a way, you know, and, and oh, fucking no Bourdain was like, what, what did he say? He said, like, this is this book is going to be required reading in like colleges for people who are, you know, doing urban studies and shit like that. I was like, wow. You know, it could very well happen. Yeah, I could definitely see that people like authenticity. We don't have a lot of that. I mean, genuine yeah, authenticity, well, that's, not, not that's some what fake me and people apart, Like my my old band members, is they're a bunch of fake fucks. <laughs> and, and I've always, you know, what you see, what you see is what you get with me. You know, it, whether it pisses you off or not, you know, it's the one thing I am is is real. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's too it's too much of a waste of energy not to be because then you have to. Just remember, like, okay, what did I say in front yeah, of this person? Remember, oh, yeah, that's the, that's, the, that's the way they want me to act. Yeah, yeah, it's too many lies to keep track of. That's why p people that are fake are always twitching, <laughs> you know, because they're, they're worried they're going to fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, agreed, agreed. You know, I mean, hell, I have pissed a lot of people off in my life, you know, with my, with my honesty. But, you know, again, I, I, it's better to have 
real enemies than fake friends. <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. Well, cool, man. I think we can wrap up there. We've had you on for, I guess, almost two hours now. So some good Jesus shows Christ, coming man. up. I, yeah, I have yeah, so man. much fun talking to you guys. I forget that we're fucking, uh, we're, on, we're on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way we like it. We just wanted to be as if the three of us were in a room hanging out. Yeah, meanwhile, we're like spread out all over the fucking country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You got some good stuff coming up, man. Some good shows coming. Anything you going to do? Anything on the West Coast? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm just not sure of any dates yet. We, you know, we get offers all the time, but uh, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, timing. Really, you know, my drummer lives in Hamburg, so you know, we oh, fly wow. him over whenever we have tours, and we try to uh, group all our shows into, you know, when in, into you know like a month period of time or something. So. It's a little complicated, but, you know, it doesn't matter. It's all worth it. You yeah, know, you guys I really do love something. playing with the guys I have in my band. That's cool. If you do something in Los Angeles or... Well, yeah, I mean, last time we were out there, Las Vegas, you know, last year we did, the, we did the Fury Fest last year, and we did a, a couple shows uh, around L.A. We'll definitely be back. I mean, the response was great. Uh, you know what's funny, too? I, I forgot to mention this to you. I mean... For those who know my band's history, uh, you may know that there used to be like a lot of beef and rivalry between like uh, Suicidal Tendencies fans and Cro-Mags fans. I mean, in fact, there used to be right. riots at our shows almost every time we played L.A. I mean, people used to get stabbed wow. and fucking shot at. It was it was bad. There'd be like riot police and helicopters and all that shit. <laughs> and um, when I did that show with uh, Suicidal for the first time, I actually got to like really hang out with Mike Muir, the singer, and we became really good friends. I mean, and he's been like, we've been in touch with each other you know, like weekly since that show. And, um, you know, it, it was really, really a positive thing. And, um, I, you know, I think it's, you know, not only because we're both getting older, you know, we both have kids and, you know, it's just, it's, uh, I, it's funny because here's a guy that, you know, their band used to have beef with my band. And we get along now, and the ironic shit about that is I still can't get in the same room with my own old band members because everybody's still so dug in on their dumb shit, you know? It's fucking yeah, comedy. Yeah, it's amazing how long this has gone on. I think when I first checked in on what you were doing after I got out of college, I think it was 2002 or so, I moved to L.A., and even then, you were talking about, hey, don't don't go support the fake, the Nomax, <laughs> as you called them. And that was 2002, and this this narrative has just been going on for a long time. Well, you know, I just feel like they're misleading the public. You know, when you're advertising yourself as a band and you're not really the band and you don't really have any of the songwriters in in the group, you know, I, forget about the fact that you're kind of screwing over the people you used to play with and the people you used to be friends with, but you're also, you know misleading the public you know if if it's if it's not the band it's not the band you know so i mean i mean anyway who gives a fuck my point was just that uh you know after all the drama and this and that with like uh, a so-called rival you know suicidal tendencies and stuff like we all get along now and it, it i think that's a beautiful thing it just goes to show as you get older you know you can uh you can get past all this stupid, meaningless shit. And that's all that shit really was, was stupid, meaningless, 
you know, adolescent testosterone bullshit, you know, posturing yeah. and everybody's hard ass and, you know, yes, I fight, I fuck this guy up and yeah, you're tough and yeah, we're all tough. Guess what? <laughs> who really gives a fuck? You know, who really gives a fuck? And, and all this gang banging bullshit. I'm like, you know what? The real tough motherfuckers are in cages fighting for a living or they're yeah. like overseas fucking fighting terrorists and fucking, you know, putting their life right. on the line for their fucking brothers and sisters. You know, those are the real tough guys, not not people who like posture and join crews and and, and jump people because they're really insecure at the end of the day. You know, <laughs> so, you know, live and learn, you know. Well, shit, Guns N' Roses were able to put their differences aside. They did that tour yeah, recently. Yeah, well, they also fucking got paid a boatload of money to do it, but, you know. <laughs> That's hey, true. You know what? <laughs> the Misfits did it. God bless them. They made everybody, they made all their fans happy, and I know they had a great time playing together, you know. So, you know, it's all about it's all about maturity, you know. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's a good place to end, man. Always a pleasure talking to you. Good luck with everything yeah, you've got man. going on. And I'll definitely try to catch a show next time you guys are on the West Coast. Oh, definitely, man, definitely. And you know, when you're in New York, man, you got a place to crash. I got the extra room and the extra beds and all that shit. Just let me know. Oh, thank you. Sounds great. Always, always, you have a great man. One, man. You have a good one, buddy. Great talking to you. Yeah, man, it was great talking to you guys. It was a real pleasure. And uh, yeah, man, I'll be in touch. You do the same. Sounds good. You take care. Have a good day. Right okay, guys. Later. Take care, man. Bye. Well, that was another fun one. Nice to jump back in after a break and have one of our favorite guests on the show. So make sure to share this episode. Make sure to go rate us on iTunes, Stitcher. Make sure to share this episode with everyone you know. And use that coupon code LLA. Go get 10% off everything at MikeMahler.com. Make sure also when you go to my website, you'll see this report you can get. If you sign up for my newsletter, you get this new report, 12 Tips to Increase Testosterone Naturally. So make sure you sign up for that. Take advantage of that information, and then you're queued in with everything I have in the pipeline. I have a pre-workout drink that is finally moving forward. I've got all the ingredients I want in it. I've got a company now that's looking at how to sweeten it, how to mask the taste, because obviously it's not going to taste great. It has to be a powder. It's just too much to go into a capsule. I mean, just one of the ingredients is three grams of tyrosine. So just that alone would be a capsule product. And I've got seven or eight other ingredients in there, citrulline, a bunch of other stuff. It's awesome, though. Hope to get it out this year. No stimulants in it, no caffeine. Way better than anything on the market. Anything that you've ever tried that you thought was pretty good, it's going to blow that out of the water. So look forward to make sure you sign up for my newsletter so you get all the information on when that's coming out. But I'm looking at before the end of this year. So you just spent all that time at the blackjack table, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sitting there losing. I'm coming up with ideas. Sometimes you got to go waste some money. you got to go lose some money sometimes in life so you have motivation to come up with some new shit. It's like, man, I just lost a bunch of money. What am I going to do? To oh, it's like, oh, well, yeah, let's, let's revisit that pre-workout drink. <laughs> cool. So, well, hey, I was sitting, yeah, I was sitting there at the table losing money, and then I saw some reports on TV about Netflix stock, and went home and bought yeah. some in Roku later on that day, and they're both doing really well. So there you go. It all balance, you know, life's all about balance, man. You lose money at the table. I already have those bad. <laughs> yeah, I already have those bad boys. And the beautiful thing is when we move this time, it's like I cut the cord this time around. And so uh, I was like, okay, let's see. I'm always, I always like to invest in things that I use. And right. I was like, that's it was a good time policy. to go ahead and invest in Netflix and Roku. And I was like, yeah, okay. that's a good way to invest. 
So yeah, man. But it's been it's been great getting rid of cable. Like it's been the best. And actually, I've actually watched better shows and caught up on some things as well by just having Hulu, man. Right. And it's like I'm sitting there like, okay, I got Hulu, no commercials. I got Showtime, HBO, and all this for like, and they were running a special, so I have it for like twenty, like twenty-seven bucks for the next six months. Right. And it only goes up to thirty-five. I've already saved like one hundred and fifty bucks compared to cable. You know, oh, just yeah. by having all, if I, if I included those two on there as well. So I was like, Shh. I was like, yeah, enough, enough is enough. Stop the bleed. <laughs> just sitting there watching a few well, shows. Cable is cable is quickly. Roku is the future, and and similar products like Roku, like Apple Play, and I think Amazon has one too. But anyway, yeah, that stuff is the future. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, all that stuff is the future because cable. Whenever I talk to someone who has cable, it's usually someone over fifty. You know, most people right. under thirty. They, they do. If they, if they even have a TV, they have some kind of yeah. They're watching everything on their computer or their phone. Yeah. You know. Right. And on top of that, right. it's like uh, like the new complex that we moved into and now. I, at my old complex, you weren't allowed to have like direct TV, but we moved over here and I see like a few people here that actually have like satellite dishes on their balcony. I was like, did you just get out of prison or something? Like, who still does that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, did you yeah. just get out? I expect to see them wearing a members only jacket too or something, man. When I see <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Direct TV, really? So. Yeah, but like I so said, that is the future. And that's the reason why, you know, all the debate about net neutrality. I was like, yeah, it's convenient that, you know, they're, you know, trying to get rid of that now because these cable companies are, they're losing, man. They're dying, but they're also in control oh, yeah. by everybody's internet as well. So the right. way they're going to make their money, eventually, yeah, there's a possibility they're going to have these packages like, oh, you've got Hulu and you've got this. So, you know, you got to get this, the big package and da 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 da. I mean, you know, and I've even, you know, there was rumors like they were starting to slow down the streams a little bit, a lot of these cable companies or whatever no matter what package you have, because they notice that a lot of people are canceling or whatever. And yeah, yeah I can, I can see a little slowdown on my streams as well, especially if you're doing multiple things at once, unlike it was before. <clears throat> so I was like, but what can you do? It's like, you can't get pissed off about it because a, it's out of your control. So why even waste that energy? It's just like, all that tells me is like, well, if it's taking, like it took forever to upload the other day in one of the episodes. And, you know, I was just like, you know what? While listening to trying to upload, I'm gonna go ahead and walk the dogs. So I don't have to right, sit there and right. watch it upload and be and getting pissed off like, <laughs> oh, how dare you or call it or call you, you know, AT and T like, how dare you slow down my internet? <laughs> it's just like, well, first of all, motherfucker, it's not your internet. Okay, first of all, we're loaning it out to you. It's our internet. So that's how people need to pay attention to it. So and if you don't like it, just like you go somewhere else. You instead right. of sitting there complaining about it to them, you know, you got to hit them where it hurts. They don't care about your complaints. They care about your money. So when you start, right. enough people start taking their money somewhere else, they'll fix it. That's how things work. That's how it's, that's how it always works. You got to hit them where it hurts the most in their pocket. Well, that's that's why it's a good idea to to call and cancel your credit cards every once in a while, even if you don't actually want to cancel them, because they're going to offer you a lot of stuff. To oh pay. yeah, they're going to look out. Go, for how about we give you two hundred dollars credit? We'll give you movie vouchers. We'll do this. Like, yeah, you weren't doing any of that stuff when I was sitting here all <laughs> content, not right. calling you. Oh, now you value me. Oh, yeah, but I, I like that policy. If, if you're going to buy individual stocks, you look at stuff you use, stuff that you like, because chances are <laughs> a lot of other people like that. You know, Netflix right. is growing. Right. Netflix has been growing big time for a long time, so it's not like that's oh, a new yeah. thing. Yeah. But Roku is emerging, and there's there's talk that Netflix may buy out Roku, which is oh. does, does, seems very likely. Which makes sense. Yeah, exactly. It makes perfect sense given their product offering. And eventually, and then eventually, Jeff Bezos will buy out Netflix because he's gonna between him and Elon Musk, they're gonna own the world. So it's just a matter of time because. I'm well, that's the thing about Amazon is Amazon. 
is in so many different areas and they can, anytime they want to get into a new area, all they have to do is buy a company that's in that area yeah. and put it under their umbrella. I mean, Whole Foods. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's just a matter of time because they'll realize, been. yeah, it's just a matter of time when they realize like, okay, instead of sitting trying to compete with Netflix and, you know, they already got the jump on that. Let's just buy them out. So. Well, maybe that's why it's a good idea to invest in dispensaries because Amazon's going to buy that market soon. It, <laughs> it's yeah, just exactly. a matter of time. <laughs> it's just a matter of time. I mean, they're in the right place to do it. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> you might end up having a partnership between, you know, how like Starbucks and Amazon. They go in and buy dispensaries. Like, they're just going to own all of Washington State. <laughs> just get all their money. <laughs> so they're like, hey, Bill Gates is busy in Africa. Let's just go ahead and just take everything in the state now while he's gone. Yeah, that's that's why the man cave. The man cave. Now that marijuana is recreationally legal in in Vegas, mm-hmm. I'm sure the, I'm sure the guy at the man cave is going, okay. The second I can allow people to smoke a joint in here, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you, you know, people are going to be walking there to get a cigar and going, man, am I in the right place? <laughs> yeah, they have a nice little section just for you know for the recreational marijuana smokers. But yeah, I mean, it wouldn't make, it wouldn't be too hard to like put those two things together because uh, Charles is from what Hawaii, so right, <laughs> like, right. it'd be like a yeah. natural fit. <laughs> yeah, if you're from Hawaii, you're already stoned. You know, you're just just it's in your DNA. <laughs> right. you know? it's just natural. You're just naturally a laid back, stoned person. You don't even have to smoke anything. You look, you're looking at the bottle like, what took you so long, bro? <laughs> like, you've been smoking. Cool, folks. Well, you all know what to do, and uh. Yeah, we're back in it. Not that you actually knew we were missing, but yeah, <laughs> lots of good stuff down the pipe that's coming along too, man. So, um, and I know you guys have really enjoyed these other episodes that have been dropping <clears throat> from, you know, Johan's episode. Yeah, that was Scott's a great episode one. Recently, um, you know, and actually, you know, even, um, the episodes with Josh and Jamie as well, you know, from <clears throat> those bands, man. So Earth Caller, you know, that was fun. Yep. You know, Earth Caller, Josh Orange. getting up at Butt Crack 30 to be actually on that, on that episode. Cause he was in Australia <laughs> at the time. <laughs> yeah. But he was very, you can tell with his energy that he was, you know, had to wake up early in the morning for that episode. <laughs> well, you know, the thing about waking up early is it only sucks if it's for something you don't want to do. And most of the time right. in life, it, it's usually for something you don't want to do because that's what we associate it with. You got to catch the bus for high school or whatever it is. You got to go to a job you don't like. But I mean, I've had times where I had to wake up at 4.30 because I wanted to get a full day of snowboarding in. I wasn't waking up going, oh, this sucks. I was waking up like, oh, cool, man. It's ready to go. Let's get out there. Sorry, folks. All right. Get busy. Uh, we're done. We're done talking. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Share the episode and we'll catch you guys on the next one. Take care, everybody. Take care, everyone. <laughs>